Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, good afternoon. Happy Friday, folks. Welcome aboard. Rob Breckenridge with you. Afternoons on 770 CHQR as we get set to head into the family day long weekend and uh, get set to roll into a week uh, where finally we'll start to see the uh, number of vaccines entering the country increase. It's been a frustrating few weeks, obviously, here in Canada uh, with all of these disruptions to vaccine shipments, 400,000 doses of the Pfizer vaccine coming next week. And some more details announced by the federal government today as to what to expect in the coming weeks and months. There is still the bigger question, though, about why aren't we doing more to facilitate the development and the manufacture of vaccines here in Canada? And slowly, governments are starting to realize that maybe we missed an opportunity of sorts last year, but it's not too late to correct that. Now, we got a really interesting announcement yesterday from the Premier of Manitoba, uh, who said that his province has committed to purchasing 2 million doses of the vaccine that's being developed by Providence Therapeutics, uh, based here in Calgary and in Toronto. Uh, they are now finally into phase one clinical trials on their vaccine, which is, I believe, an mRNA-based vaccine, similar to what uh, Pfizer and Moderna have developed. Uh, but certainly from the company's perspective, it's been somewhat frustrating to try to get the attention of uh, various levels of government to try to encourage more of this uh, development uh, here in Canada. There's Providence, and we'll talk to them in a second. There's Entos Pharmaceuticals in Edmonton. So there's other potential domestic candidates here in this country. And uh, for whatever reason, it's been difficult for them to get the uh, support, the, even just to get the attention. Of government. So uh, perhaps this uh, Manitoba announcement is a turning point. Alberta's premier, though, when asked about this yesterday, suggested that, well, what the company was actually looking for was something much bigger in terms of a commitment, something in the neighborhood of 50 million doses, and that Alberta would try to work with other provinces maybe to um, work in tandem on, on something. So I want to get some clarification on all of this. So very pleased to welcome to the program here this afternoon, Brad Sorensen, who is the CEO of Providence Therapeutics. Brad, great to have you back with us here. Welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me back. So plenty to talk about here, but uh, let's start with the announcement yesterday, Manitoba's premier and the deal he struck with your company. What what can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, so it's, I mean, the first time any company you know, strikes their first deal, uh, it's it's huge. You know, it's the first one's always the hardest. And so uh, I can't uh, overstate how, how, you know, important that was for Providence Therapeutics and for us to be able to... Uh, to execute on on our strategy going forward this year. Now, I think people have wondered in terms of you know if and when we have um, you know vaccines being made by Canadian companies here in Canada, if it would be the federal government to make those purchases, provinces to make the purchase. How how have you approached that question, or how do you see it? Um, well, I mean, we we were under the impression that the only folks that we could talk to were the federal government. 
Um, and so, you know, that was what we were doing, and we've been trying to do that for, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, when we got into our phase one clinical trial, um, you know, it made a fair bit of news and, and sort of elevated our profile. And then we got a call from uh, from the uh, Manitoba government asking if they could buy doses. So I was like, are you sure you guys can? Because, you know, right. we, you know, we... We had had some discussions with some other premiers about the, about the possibility, and they had all sort of indicated, "Well, this is this is in the hands of the federal government." And and, and effectively, what he told me was that um, you know they could they couldn't per, they couldn't import vaccines from outside of Canada, uh, but they they could purchase domestically, and so that you know that was kind of a, a paradigm shift for us. And so when I realized that, then, you know, we got to work and we were able to strike something pretty quickly with Manitoba. And, uh, and now we're engaging with a number of, uh, of, of premiers at this point in time. And by the way, just to clarify, is this a, a one-shot or a two-shot vaccine? It's a two-shot vaccine. Okay. Uh, all right. So when uh, Alberta's premier was asked about this yesterday, and, and he had said from his conversations with you, he was under the impression that uh, that Providence was looking for a bigger commitment, a much bigger commitment than just two million doses, something in the neighborhood of of fifty million. So, what what did he mean by that, or what, what did you make of those remarks? Uh, uh, he was misinformed. Um, you know, I, I I suspect that you know we've been communicating with a number of uh, of staff at, uh, in the Alberta government, and then. Uh, all I consume is that uh, is that uh, somebody communi- communicated incorrectly to him. What where the fifty million um, number came from is that is our capacity. So if if we were to if we were to run at a hundred percent capacity for for twenty twenty one, we could do that much. And we actually proposed that to the federal government in that in an open letter to uh, to uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. And so I suspect that somebody on his staff saw that and assumed that that's what we were we were going for. Um, you know, we were trying to communicate what we what we could do, uh, not what we wanted. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously we we'll, we'll take as much business as we can get, but the uh, you know the point being is that uh, we do not need 50 million for this to be uh, to be viable. And uh, you know. If, if at the end of the day all we have is two million for Manitoba, we'll, we'll make those two million doses and deliver them to Manitoba. All right. So if uh, Alberta was interested in purchasing two or four or eight million doses, uh, that, that that would be an option at this point. Absolutely, and, and they and they are aware of that now. Uh, we made sure that uh, uh, when I when I heard that that was uh, an interpretation of uh, Premier Kenny, we uh, we reached out very quickly to uh, to. Uh, disabuse him of that idea. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh, that's good to hear. Uh, so tell us a bit more than about the capacity. We can talk about where things are at with the trials and what kind of a timeline you're on here. But uh, So you do have the capacity then in calendar 2021 to manufacture as, as many as 50 million doses. That is correct. Uh, so now, how and, and where? <clears throat> so so th- those would ultimately, the, the final stage of the manufacturing process would be taking place at Emergent. Which is in uh, which is in Manitoba, and the Emergent has the ability to produce uh, fifty thousand vials a day, and we have ten doses per vial, so that's half a million doses per day. 
And so uh, what you're effectively looking at is um, 100 days of run time. And so we, you know, we, we've worked very diligently with, with the team over there and with, with other, you know, raw, raw supply, supply uh, you know, where we're getting a raw supply from, from uh, northern RNA in Calgary, spoke with Genovant in, in BC, and uh, like I said, we had a large team working on this and, and, and doing a feasibility study, and we determined, you know, we could actually start that production uh, in July and uh and working forward from that date you know we were able to figure out what what's our maximum capacity for uh for that year and so that's what we communicated because you know there was a lot of a lot of noise coming out of uh out of uh ottawa that you know we can't make this in canada and and so you know i'm like well i know we can so let's do a feasibility study and let's communicate it so people know we can make this and uh and like i said when uh uh, once the premier started hearing that, you know, in fact, we did have, you know, domestic supply that could be available in, in 2021. They, you know, we, we've, we've gotten a lot of, uh, a lot of calls. I'm curious too, because I've heard some, some stories recently about some shortages uh, of the lipid that that's involved in making mRNA based vaccines. Is, is that uh, potentially an issue for, for you guys? Uh, so our our uh, lipid uh, intellectual property is licensed from Genovant out of British Columbia. Uh, Genovant is is the pioneers in, in the lipid nanoparticle uh, delivery space. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been around. I mean, Genovant is, is a new company, but it's the same core group. You know, they were before they were Genovant, they were Abutis. Before they were Abutis, they were Techmira. Um, many people in Canada may remember when, when they had the Ebola scare a number of years ago, there was a Canadian company that was uh, responding to that. Well, that was Techmere, Tech the same group out of uh, out of BC. And they, they were using an RNA-based um, uh, therapeutic to, to help with the Ebola scare, you know, years ago. Uh, so these, these guys have, they've got a ton of experience. They've got very established supply chains. And uh, and so yeah, we're confident we're going to be able to deliver uh, the lipids that we need in order to manufacture our vaccines. Let's talk about the timeline here too, because uh, you're now to to uh, phase one clinical trials, and uh, next step would be sort of a combined phase two, phase three. And I think, you know, from what people have heard about other phase three trials, there's a perception that you know these are really big and they take a long time. But you guys are in a unique position here, from what I understand. Tell us a bit about how things are going to unfold in the the weeks and months ahead here. Yeah, there's again, you know, unfortunately everybody's got an opinion, and sometimes opinions are are, are correct, and sometimes they're incorrect. There's right. a little bit of little bit of misinformation. Um, the first wave of of clinical trials for coronavirus vaccines, uh, these were all very large placebo-controlled studies where you needed to have these very large groups, you know, thirty, forty thousand participants. And you had to monitor them and wait for a certain percentage of them to be exposed to the to the uh, coronavirus, so that you could determine, you know, what the protection rates were. And uh, I'm sure a lot of your listeners became more more educated on clinical trials than they ever wanted to be. Um, that is that's not what's happening. That that's. Uh, sorry, that that's not what's happening on a go-forward basis. Uh, because we have 
approved vaccines already out there. And because this is a life-threatening uh, uh, pandemic, it would be unethical for us to run a large placebo-controlled trial. Um, and so we now go to a different type of trial for all of sort of the second-generation vaccines, and this is what they call a comparator trial. So they'll take an existing vaccine, you know, the Moderna vaccine, and then they'll take ours. You know, it's about 3,000 participants. Half of them will get the Moderna vaccine. Half of them will get our vaccine. Everybody gets a vaccine. And, uh, and then we measure to make sure that ours is non-inferior, as good as, as, as the other vaccine. And on that basis, we get approval. Right, so that that will cut down the, as you say, the scope and and the time considerably. Yeah, it's 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 actually a tremendous advantage for us, you know, uh, following behind these these other companies. I mean, and, and credit to them, and you know, for for pay, paving the way and for rolling out their vaccines. You know, um, you know, my mother in law is getting the Pfizer vaccine. She works mm-hmm. in, a, in a nursing home, and I, she asked me, should she get it? I said, absolutely, you should get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, you know, so I and I hope those vaccines show up this year. I really do. Um, you know, but we'll be ready. You know, in, we'll, if they're not, we'll be ready. And if and 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 if we need a booster shot next year, if we need to respond to a variant, you know, we'll now have that capacity in Canada. We won't go through the same turmoil we went through this year of wondering, you know, are we going to be included or excluded in, in deliveries? Well, and that's the other thing I wanted to ask, too, because, you know, we may be in a situation where there's a variant that's more of a concern in Canada than, say, one they're dealing with in in Europe. And it's probably a lot harder for Canada to knock on Pfizer's door and say we need something tailored for what we're dealing with. Do you think that's going to be easier then if if we have Canadian-based companies uh, like yours to be able to respond more directly to whatever Canada might be dealing with? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know... some of some of these companies out there are talking about oh you know and uh, you know I, I'm grateful we're a private company not publicly traded where I have to pump a stock price. Um, yeah. This is I, I hope that we're not you know that this isn't an annual shot like the flu shot right like you know what what I hope is that you know we can identify variants and, and hopefully we get even good enough where we may anticipate some of the variants mm-hmm. and we can build a a stockpile of of vaccines that are ready to to be immediately uh, shipped out wherever in the world they need to go to tamp down a variant where it arises. So, like for instance, maybe there's a variant that that uh, emerges in uh, in Mexico. Well, rather than waiting for that variant to to come to Canada, or rather than vaccinating every single Canadian on the chance that it shows up here, let's let's get let's get that down to Mexico quickly, and, and let's snub out the fire and where it's at at the source. Yeah. And if and if you can do that, well, then Canadians won't have to get another shot in the arm. Let me just ask, because I know you're not in control, obviously, of, of how long regulators take to, to give a green light to your vaccine. But in terms of what you'll have ready to go, because I, I know you're not waiting until approval to then start manufacturing vaccines. But how much do, do you start manufacturing ahead of time? How many do you anticipate you'll be able to roll out almost immediately uh, after approval? Well, and that's 
that's really what this is about is is you know we're we're a business we're not asking for any handout we're not asking for any free money all we're asking for is an order and and a deposit and so you know it's a non-refundable deposit because we have to take that and we have to you know book the plant time we have to go get the raw materials and we have to make the vaccine and and i'll be you know candid it, it costs us it costs us a lot more than 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 the 20 percent deposit um uh, so, you know, as a company, we're taking some risk, but, you know, it's not uncommon for companies to have what they call loss leaders so that you can establish, you know, credibility and market share and, and, and you know, the ideas that you'll, you'll, you'll benefit uh, in, in the future. And so, you know, that's, that's what we're doing. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, we needed an order. And, you know, I, I've got to give all credit you know, to to Premier Pallister for stepping up and recognizing, you know, he asked us, you know, and he did. He first said, well, you know, can we, what kind of support can we give you this or this? I said, give us an order. That's what we need, you know. And, and, uh, and you know, I explained to him why we needed it. And, you know, he he was persuaded by my argument and, and credit to credits too. He, he gave us the order. And now we're having this discussion. We wouldn't be having this discussion if he didn't show that leadership. All right. All right. So as of now, that's the, the only official order that's been filed. But uh, do you expect that maybe now things have changed and uh, things will, will start to continue to change in the coming days here? Oh, oh I think so. Uh, like I said, we're having, we're having, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a good strategy. I mean, look at from his perspective, you know, if the federal government comes through, you know, the folks in Manitoba get vaccinated and he can, you know, take the vaccine that we made and, you know, it'll get resold somewhere else in the world. And so what did he, what did he lose? Nothing. If the vaccine doesn't show up from the federal government, then then the guy's a hero, right? So it's a win-win for him. And, um, and, you know, and we get to have that, that capacity built out in Canada so that we're ready for next year. Um, and I think there's some other premiers that are that are starting to look at it that way, and uh, I think we're going to be having some more announcements in the in the coming days. And but I mean, is is there any insurance on the other side if, for whatever reason, things don't work out with this vaccine? And as you say, there's all kinds of reasons to to think that that things are looking good. But just I mean, on the off chance, where, where does that where would that leave Manitoba, for example? Well, so so the assuming we get approval, there. I mean, nobody will. Nobody will disagree that worldwide supply is not meeting worldwide demand. So, right. but, so if we if we get approval, we're going to be able to sell the vaccine, and Manitoba is going to be in great shape. So the the real risk is, it, it, are we going to not succeed in getting approval from Health Canada for our vaccine? And you know, we're if you look at it this now, you're you're asking is it is it a good idea to bet on mRNA? Well. So far, Canada has only approved two vaccines. They're both mRNA vaccines. Um, the first two vaccines that 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 were approved anywhere in the world were mRNA vaccines. They were the fastest to be approved. They are the best at 95% protection rate. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a pretty good bet, you know. If it, if it walks like a duck, you know, quacks like a duck. Well, maybe it is a duck. Um, you know, it's, it's not like he's making a bet without having any information, uh, to work with. And, um, and all of our preclinical data is, is comparable 
to what, what was done by both Moderna and BioNTech. We've been making messenger RNA vaccines at Providence Therapeutics since 2015. We, we know what we're doing. All right. Well, we'll leave it there, Brad. Uh, much more again, uh, ProvidenceTherapeutics.com. So some really exciting developments. Uh, we'll be in touch, but thanks again for joining us here today. Much appreciated. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. There you go. That is Brad Sorensen, CEO of Providence Therapeutics. So laying it all out in terms of what this deal with Manitoba means, what they're telling other premiers, what they're telling the federal government. All right. We got to take a break here. Plenty more to get to this afternoon. We're back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.